Hello, and welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Welcome, Taylor. Welcome, uh, Todd. We're doing a really special <laughs> episode today. Um, they're all special, but this one uh, was by request of our friend Brian, who has been a guest on this podcast and a uh, fairly regular contributor to uh, Wednesdays in Westeros. That's right. Um, and Brian suggested that we do a an entire 2017 movie recap so we're going to talk about what we've seen and what we're anticipating that's coming up. And obviously that's a lot of movies and we're just going to jump into it with the latest movie that we've seen. So this is every, we're going to, we're going to talk about well, I guess what we'll do is we'll name check pretty much everything. And you know, some of these we don't give two craps about, so we'll just, you know, we'll go fast. Yeah, We might not name check everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, some of we, the... <clears throat> I totally, oh, I skipped our talking point that I yeah. was specifically told to address, yeah. which is that, uh, um, you and I both do a, a podcast called American Gods Cast that we just started during the yeah. season of American Gods, and uh, directly after that, we will start a pod, uh, start uh, our Wednesday in Westeros podcast up again, where we talk about Game of Thrones, obviously. Hopefully. Oh yeah. Yep. And um, so this is probably going to be the like uh, the Todd and Taylor episodes will be few and far between, if not non-existent for the next couple of months. So this was mm-hmm. a great way to kind of wrap up and look forward, and then we'll regroup in a couple months and and catch up on all the movies at that point. That's right. Yeah. It would be cool to go back and see like what we've seen, what we liked, what we were surprised by, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. I hope no one hears me banging into my microphone, which I've now done twice. <laughs> no, uh, I, my apologies. You're fine. You're fine. Cool. Well, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's jump right into this with the last movie that we both saw. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Yeah, 2. the big one. Yeah, this is probably the tentpole movie of the summer. Clearly, Disney's banking on that. Um, I, I'll just... Of the summer? Is that, are we already in summer movies? Is oh, that dude, we're, March begins summer now. Like, once once um, both uh, uh, Hunger Games and then, like, Batman v Superman put their stake in March, I think that was mm. kind of... Even, like, didn't didn't um, Winter Soldier come out in March or April? So I feel like it, that... That was early, yeah. yeah well, maybe think... not Winter Soldier, but Civil War, I think. Civil War. No, I think it might because I remember skiing. I remember there being snow on the ground when I went to, to <laughs> Winter Soldier. Anyway, beside the point, I feel like this is this is the you know this that early that first May weekend has traditionally been like the Marvel weekend. Even going back, I was remembering when Spider Man One, you know, the Sam Raimi Spider Man, like back in two thousand two. That was yeah. a that was a May third or fourth release. So Marvel's like traditionally like held court on that week, um, you know, as far back as I can remember. Uh, so it's it's nice to see like Guardians kind of own that spot because I think last last time they were out it was what twenty four you know it was twenty fourteen I think it was an August release wasn't it July or August it seemed like it they were Boy, I, they were cool at recalling what dates I saw things Let's they start, weren't quite start, sure about it though like I remember they put it in August almost like well if this doesn't work we'll just say hey it really wasn't you know it, it's almost like they didn't know if if it was going to work out or not and then like when it totally totally did they're like well this is our new franchise I guess going forward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so what did you think of it? What's like, your, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it's never no. going to, it's never going to match the first one in terms of like oh my God. that fresh feeling of like, wow. So, you know, it's, it's the challenge of seeing something that you're accustomed, you're like, you know what you're getting. So they had to kind of mine a different, they, they, had, they had to try to do their best to give us a little something different. And maybe that's where it would struggle for me from, from time to time. Boy, um, I would not disagree with you more. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's a caveat with that. I would say the, the biggest problem I had, and because I enjoyed you know, the jokes were great. You know, Kurt Russell was fun. Like, there's a, there's a twist in his character that I didn't see coming, strangely enough. Uh, usually I do. The thing that bugged me, though, 
Oh, and by the way, Michael Rooker and Yandu, like the whole goddamn thing could just be, it should just be called Yandu yeah, the movie because yeah. it's basically his, he, it's his and he takes every advantage of it, uh, acting wise, character wise. Which thing is a thing I, I didn't see coming. Right? Like, and there's so much more and there's so much to spoil, so we won't. But like, uh, the big thing that disappointed me was there was absolutely no connective tissue to Infinity War. Yeah, I love that like, part. <laughs> nothing and i was thinking okay we we're a year away to the day you know infinity war one comes out first week of may next year we only have this spider-man and ragnarok to get us to where that makes sense and i thought okay surely there will be some kind of like sub story or even like a, a substantial like you know coda scene or something thanos didn't even appear once they didn't even talk about infinity gems hardly at all like it was it. just you know, it was just like a standalone movie. It, it, this is almost a movie that could have occurred after Infinity War. Like, you don't even... See, that is want... all I wanted to see. And I'm pretty mm. sure we talked about this on the podcast. But any... I, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the weak spots for me were when it sort of switched gears to pull in Thanos or talk... Like, something would be kind of dropped about an Infinity Stone. And I was like, boo! Just like, <laughs> keep the going. Like, keep this adventure going. And so, yeah, I, I thought this was an absolutely perfect movie. I was kind of racking my brain when I got out. Like, what other perfect movies have I seen where I wasn't bored for one second? I thought dialogue, acting, action, you know, the cinematography, like it all, everything worked for me. So we're talking yeah. about Galaxy 2, right? Because you Galaxy you 2. You said you disagreed. So I thought you were going to go on a more negative. No, no, no. I'm saying like this is a perfect Ah, okay. Uh, I, I think it was better than the first one. I get that it couldn't have existed without the first one introducing that universe and getting yeah. us to buy into it. But this one took full advantage of that and just put the you know pedal to the metal and like I just seriously. I mean, I was giddy through the whole movie, nice. and I was operating on like very little sleep. Um, well, let me let me reframe I, let me reframe that because it may but now by comparison I sound like I'm almost too dour on it. Like I enjoyed it greatly, enjoyed it. Um, I just feel like there's just that feeling of like when you see something for the first time and it's that special, there's the, just that extra heightened feeling of like, oh, my God, we're seeing we're seeing history begin here. And then so to come back to that world, you're, it's all very familiar and comfortable and it's cozy, but it, it's always going to lack that little something. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I, I love the hell out of it. It was great. It, was, it did everything it needed to do, I feel like. So. No, I, th I think that's a really great point, too, because so many times a um... – a sequel or, a, you know, any, any subsequent movie that involves some of those characters. And I'm saying that in a way so that it's like, if we're talking about like an Avengers movie where it's not strictly an Iron Man movie or something. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we kind of assume, well, we already know these characters and we already know how they interact. And it, it's sort of like the writing kind of suffers there. And this mm -hmm. one, I could not keep up with the jokes. Like I would be laughing oh, yeah. at something and then I would hear half a line that was even funnier. <laughs> I mean, just stuff like when, uh, when Drax turns around, like when uh, Gamora runs out and says something, um, like I don't know, she's got to talk to him all of a sudden. He's like, "What are you doing, Drax?" And I'm just talking to this gross bug lady, and it's like <laughs> so quick that he says it, and they've already made another, you know, bug lady joke right before that, and then he's going to say it again in a minute. But that one, just those quick little lines, and again, I, I'll try not to spoil any any other any other jokes or anything, but I just thought it was so perfectly timed and so i really appreciate your point of like we had to you know you got the excitement of that first movie mm -hmm. um, and i definitely did too and this one i was excited be because of it was such a great follow-up to that and i mean just the 
Yeah. If we're talking like knots, because we are recording this the week it comes out or it just mm-hmm. came out. So we don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah, you know, I don't want to give everybody a chance to see it because definitely the surprise of it is so perfect. So there's some spoilery moments that will ruin it if we get too far. Down right. There. Exactly. I don't even want to give away like the, you know, like the kind of funny Easter eggs and stuff that we see. But the, I mean, I was just thoroughly entertained. So Absolutely. I will go see it again this weekend if anyone wants to come with me. Nice. There you go. <laughs> All you young ladies out there, I think that's a, an invitation. So yeah, find yeah. Todd at Todd well, and middle-aged women too. Let's be that's honest. Right. That's right. Well, that's um, what, we're, what we're doing, um, we've actually just typed in 2017 movie releases into Google, and at the very top there is a list of posters. We're just going to go through that list. So we're yeah, not necessarily going to go in order, so, but there will be it'll be interesting. Next is Alien Covenant, the sequel to Prometheus, which was divisive. Um, I have heard early reviews and they are not good. Um, really? To say it, to say it mildly. Um, well, I, well, so what did you think about Prometheus? I, you up? know, I, I was never a big Aliens fan. Like, I, I'm just not. I appreciate the first one. I appreciate Fighting the. Words. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. It's that's just more of a personal thing. Like, I, I can definitely appreciate the, the, the very first one and the, the craft that went into it. Um, I just am not a big fan of the story. But like, I mean, freaking is if you know Jodorowsky's Dune, you know, like a lot of that team went on to make Alien together because they met on the set of Dune. So, you know, Geiger and uh, O'Bannon and all those guys, um, you know, Dan O'Bannon wrote it or co-wrote it, I should say. So I, you know, I, I appreciate it, but I just Prometheus for me just was it just it just kind of felt like a, a turd. It just it wasn't it just it was boring in parts. So I, I wasn't going to see Covenant. But now I'm probably never going to see Covenant just because everybody's like, why does this movie exist? Like, it doesn't do anything to further the mythos. It just is like a rehash of Prometheus. And I'm like, okay. Interesting. Well, I definitely, uh, I had that experience that I have with a lot of movies. Age of Ultron is probably another great one that comes to mind where when I was in Prometheus, I was enwrapped. Like, I was into it. I was so into that movie. Mm. And even when I stepped out, I was like, oh, my God, that just blew my mind. But as time kind of went on, I, there was never an urge for me to revisit it. Ah, yeah. You know? yep. So I exactly like Age of Ultron. It's had the same feeling. Do you think I will? I mean, I'll see Alien Covenant, um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not something I'm going to be as excited about as other movies. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm it's like worth- a I'm a middle of the road Alien fan, I guess. It's worth noting Ridley Scott did direct this as he did Prometheus, and we're going to get to it in a a minute, but he did not direct the Blade Runner sequel that's coming out. And I think there's something to be said about – I think a lot of people who are looking at both of these movies are going, hey, wait a second. When he doesn't direct, it actually kind of works out better. Um, hmm." I mean, honestly, the trailers I've seen, I'm excited by. So I'll just – I'll leave it at that. Like I, I think they look cool. Fassbender, you know. Yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Is that the correct title? Yeah, Dead Man Tell No so. Tales. I've never seen a Pirates of the Caribbean, as I call it, uh, movie <laughs> in the theater. But wow. I have now caught up on all of them. Nice. So, I, um, I actually saw – I've seen – I saw the last three. I didn't see the first one in the theaters. Um, saw the last three. And, and I'll just be honest. Like – I the only time the only reason I would see them in the theaters is because the Hans Zimmer soundtrack is so damn good. I just go to like listen to it on a cool sound system, and it's almost like there's like this music video to accompany it. Um, that's really the only reason. Like I I don't uh, I don't know why this movie needs to exist other than just they're a cash all grab very movie. interchangeable. I couldn't tell you what happens in any of them as opposed to any other one of them. So um, I don't know that I'll see it in the theater. Uh, 
but I don't know. It's another franchise where they could just like they could keep churning these out until you know. Yeah. Until Johnny Depp. I mean, he's so Johnny Depp is Keith Richards' age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then even and then and then they'll you know he'll have a son and it'll keep going on. You know, Javier Bardem is in this, and there's you know there's shots of Orlando Bloom coming back, which God help us, you know. So it's, yeah. it seems like it's actually going to be connected more to the first three. Uh, l- more so than the fourth one was, but I think the fourth one, the one that came you know last time out, was actually the best one. We should. Um, that's a good thing to clarify right now. This is number eight, right? No, five. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Fast and Furious. No, it's the fifth one, but it's starting to feel like that, isn't it? It's like, wait, are they in Tokyo this I time? Like, which no one? Idea how many of these movies they've made? It's like the Harry Potter movies. Like when I was sat down and made to watch all of those, oh, and geez. they were over, and I couldn't distinguish one from another, and I was like. Oh, no, those, those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Oh, God, there's another <laughs> podcast right there. The Todd and Taylor Show will be back in July for the Harry Potter Smackdown Spectacular. Tune in <laughs> as we school Todd on the intricacies of the Potterverse. Anyway, uh, what's next up on the list, sir? What's it, Dunkirk? Um, Dunkirk, yeah. I mean, I'm thrilled about this. Uh, I saw that, you know, the first trailer that i saw was attached to rogue one mm-hmm. and i was seeing that in imax and this thing was so mother effing loud mm-hmm. like it, it was insane it started started with this like heartbeat i don't know if it was an actual heartbeat sound or if it was just like a raid siren or something but it was this pulsing thing and i'd seen rogue one with my dad we we're both in the imax and he was like that i he was like just uh, not not freaked out by it, but he was so off put by it. Like that is just mm-hmm. you know he did not want to know from Dunkirk at that moment. He was like, my God, that was too loud. I'm not <laughs> you know it sort of took him out of the whole thing. And I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be this really gritty World War II movie. My dad's really going to be interested in. Yeah. Um. I mean, Christopher Nolan. Uh, he's been I'm, working on it for a while too. And I'm sure that he shot it on IMAX, so it's going to be in like huge 70 millimeter and. Uh, uh, we talked it? about this, but we talked about this on another episode. Remember, Wally we, Pfizer is not with him. Wally Pfizer oh yeah, right. is his, his director of photography for everything. So I'll be very curious to see if this looks and feels like a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, and I actually, on that same note, I don't think Wally Pfizer was on Interstellar either. And that I is did correct. Not, that's what we determined. Uh, that's right. <clears> I yeah. didn't care for Interstellar. And I was just like, man. And I think that's why. I think Wally Pfizer, it's weird when Wally Pfizer went off to direct his own thing, that stupid transcendence movie, also with Johnny Depp. Like, it looked great, but it fell flat. It's like those two guys, it's almost like um, George Lucas and um, who's his producer partner? Oh, God, his name. I can see his face clear as day. Lawrence Kasdan? Well, him, but there's another guy. There's like a, the, uh, oh, Jesus. Anyway, as soon as the, that team split up, you can just tell, like, it's the, the, the sum of the parts is greater than, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. the whole, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like, and I'm sure it'll be amazing. I'm sure it'll like win every Oscar ever. Um, it's interesting. They're putting it out in uh, July. It almost feels like a prestige, like December movie. That's like it's, honestly, you know, that's what I thought it was. And I, when we looked up this list, I, I was kind of surprised myself at like, why is that? <clears throat> why is it right here in the middle of all these summer movies? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it'll yeah, be- it is, it is the, um, uh, I, I would mispronounce his name, but it's Hoyt Van Hoytma, who mm. is the uh, DP on this. And he was on Interstellar, but also on Her and The Fighter and What the Right he One He did in. Her, too. Ooh. Yeah. Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Holy um, crap. So, and I like a lot of his work. Yeah. And, so, Holy shit. I didn't pay any attention yeah. to the, who he was. Wow. Because I love – oh, God, the cinematography on Tinker Taylor is one of my no, favorite things kidding. about it. Yeah. That thing was shot beautifully. And Her, too. I mean, Her is gorgeous to look at as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. 
feel of film. If you look at like Interstellar to her to uh, Tinker Taylor, oh yeah, those all look so different. So and maybe that's why he maybe that's why he divorced Wally Pfizer because like you, it's it's almost like all the Nolan movies, you know, as good as they are, they and I appreciate the, this fact, but they all look they're all part of the same look and feel. Like yeah. they didn't go out of that box. I think that served them well. And maybe Nolan's just like, hey man, I need to we need to expand my visual palette. Yeah. And um, probably Interstellar yeah. was the movie to do it on, you know? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Uh going back in time, we have Beauty and the Beast, which came out back in March finally after two years worth of goddamn trailers that are like, did it's coming. It's like it finally happened. Did you see this movie? I didn't, but my girlfriend did. She loved it. Um okay. basically from what I've been told, uh Gaston better get a spinoff sequel or there's no oh. justice in the world. I, yeah. Apparently Luke Evans stole the whole damn thing. Wow. Um, then uh, as, as we, as the Google flies, we yeah. have a movie that you and I just discovered today that we were both excited about, which is yeah. King Arthur, the legend of the sword. So, okay, let, let's rewind. Uh, uh, up until a week ago, I didn't give two shits about this movie. Like I'd see the right. trailers. I'm like, eh. and it's Guy Ritchie. And you got to remind yourself of one important fact. Guy Ritchie directed the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. And then that sequel, which was subpar. But the first one, I love that movie. I love everything about it. The soundtrack, the tone, the pacing. It's very much a, you know, it's. It, it, clearly it's, it is a rock'em, sock'em Sherlock Holmes. But just everything about it worked so well. So damn fun. Like there's just a, a, a sense of energy to it that I really liked. Yeah. So I forget that. So when I see Guy Ritchie, I'm always thinking about like those, like you know, what, like snatched and uh, yeah, all that stuff. So it's and then not that or, there's a or problem swept with that. away that he did with yeah. Madonna. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um. So so I was just kind of writing this one off. This would have been another like pass. However, two reviews I saw today, one on io9, and I can't remember where the other one was. Um, pre-reviews, people who saw it early are saying this might be the most fun movie of the summer. Like. It, it has its problems, but what it does, it, it works really well. And Guy Ritchie almost has like a conscience, a, con, a, a, a notion that when it's not working, he, he course corrects. Holy so it's like out this that. week. I yeah, it's, it's, it's out Friday. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go see it in the theater. I, I was not. And I saw these reviews and they're like, and then the thing that really sold me, somebody in the comment section who had also seen it as an early screener said, uh, if you liked Kingsman, this get, it's not the same kind of movie, but it gives you that same feeling of like raw discovery, like holy crap, because wow. trailers really haven't given you a lot of information. It's kind of been the same thing the whole time. And they saw it going in, going, I guess, and then they came out going, holy shit. So I'm going to give it a chance. Well, I am glad you brought up the um, Sherlock Holmes movies because I do appreciate that Guy Ritchie is finally reminding the world about the ancient uh, English art of ninjutsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I, you know, I, I, he had the Sherlock Holmes era where they were a little bit more dapper ninjas. Yep. Yep. Um, so I'm glad he's really taking it back to the source. <laughs> so we can finally, you know, learn, learn about the sword wielding that they did back yeah. then. So I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, know, man. Charlie I, Hunnam, though, I mean, I love Pacific Rim, but Charlie Hunnam was not the, the strongest thing in Pacific Rim by a the long shot. So it'll be curious to see how he carries a movie as the lead because um, he's Arthur. Yeah, I agree with that. I um I've never I've never quite yeah, he's never stolen the show for me. I think he's solid, but yeah, there's so I'll, I'll be interested in that. Do you know what I was worried about? Let me let me one more reference. Um yeah. when I first saw the trailers to this, I was worried it was just going to be another freaking sort of like version of remember that King Arthur movie that came out like in 2004 with um Clive Owen and uh uh others vaguely. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, it was so bad. It, it was big, so big names attached to it too, I believe. Yeah, it had a, it was a big like movie. This. It was a big I think it was this big summer movie. It, it was so bad. It was so terrible. Kira Knightley, she was then, you know, she was in it too. Right. And it was meant to be sort of a more loyal like you know historically accurate retelling, but it just fell flat. And I was kind of thinking, "Oh god." Or and, and the other one that came to mind when I saw the trailers was that um uh Robin Hood movie with um uh oh god, what's his Kevin face? Costner. No, no, the good one. That, that the, the that's the good one. The bad one, the newest one with um, uh, freaking oh god. Anyway, the the shitty Robin Hood movie that came out a couple years ago. Okay. So I was just it, it, I was surprised. Let's just say to find that this is being well received. Anyway. Yeah. So next up, Thor Ragnarok. Um, Thor Ragnarok, which is yeah. possibly the movie I'm most excited about, with the exception of one that we will get to in a, a, a few months down the calendar in this yeah but uh man i mean i've only seen the i guess there's really only been the one trailer yep. um but i did see it in 3d ahead of guardians uh last mm-hmm. weekend and was super excited about it and then seeing guardians and feeling like wow i never would have thought that the thor the tone of the thor world and the tone of guardians would actually be the easiest like uh you know integration there yeah um, yeah. because now it's almost like, wow, Captain America is going to be the stiff one. That's kind of hard to integrate with <sighs> guardians of the galaxy, you know, like Spider-Man, Iron Man, they'll all fit in Thor and Hulk fit in. So, um, I, yeah. I can't, I didn't see how that was going to go, but I'm thrilled. About I this love one. that they're embracing. I mean, guardians coming out and succeeding so well has really opened up their creative palette to make yeah. that are weird. I mean, they hired Jeff Goldblum and I, to be the grand oh master. And the, yeah. the quote that I there's two quotes that I freaking love about that casting. One, and I cannot pronounce the director's name to save my life. Um, Taika Watiti. Ooh, well done. Taika Watiti said, uh, you know, he cast him, and then I was like, why isn't he blue? He's like, you don't cast Jeff Goldblum and put him in blue paint. Like I. <laughs> I basically cast him to have Jeff Goldblum be himself on set. And Jeff Goldblum, in response to being cast, said, this was such a fun movie. I give it 10 Goldblums out of 10 Goldblums. I'm just like, just (laughs) that alone made me smile and go, okay, I think. And I am somebody who actually really liked the first Thor and actually really liked the Dark World. Like, I didn't hate it nearly as much as others seem to. No, I actually like the Dark World more than the first Thor. Yeah, I think you and I texted about that. We never did a podcast on it. We should do an all Thor podcast. We should. We should. And it's Thor's the franchise that um, I think even more than Captain America, like every movie, like there's no consistent like sort of design or style that's been carried through like Iron Man. You can definitely see that Captain America, you know, obviously the first one to the second one. But then, you know, from Winter Soldier on, it's definitely kind of fit a tone. Thor, it's almost like they throw their papers in the air and start from scratch every time. And that's maybe the only complaint I have. I think in some ways that's worked. You know, it's served the directors who's who's helmed them. But this one seems like, all right, we're just going to we're just it's almost like Marvel's going, we're just going to roll the dice and do whatever is going to make fans happy and just whatever weird thing. I mean, even the, the trailers got, or the posters got the like video game Ragnarok on it. You know, I just, I, I'm, I'm right. very excited. And I hope going back to the, the guardians thing, this movie goddamn better well set up infinity war in a way that's meaningful and not just like, Oh, and by the way, Thanos at the very end. Well, and, that I, it's interesting that you're, that you have brought up the infinity war tie in because it, now correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a, I believe there's a deleted scene from age of Ultron where Thor is actually like kind of on a side quest that has to do with the infinity stone. And we just yes. didn't even see it. 
Oh no, no, that was in. Was, that was in. He goes into the lake, the the lake, and has the the weird the psychedelic. Well, maybe they just maybe they cut it for time. Yeah. But um. Anyway, yeah. So uh, another side note that every nerd film nerd has definitely told you about, which is if you have not seen Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows, you should mm-hmm. remedy that immediately. It's a, uh, a really funny vampire movie that's shot in the sort of reality show oh, style. That's right. You've told me about this. Yeah, starring uh, 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 <laughs> I can't name literally just escaped me. Jermaine Clement from mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords. He and Taika have done a bunch of stuff together, I believe. And it also has a uh, um, Reese Darby, who is the manager of the Concords. Yes. Oh my god, I'm watching he's this. A, he's oh, a werewolf in it. Um, yeah. So it's like. It, Prep yourself with that. And there's another Taika Waititi movie that I have not seen that I've heard highly recommended. And, and I'm sorry that I'm like quickly Googling this and am not on it uh, quick enough to mention. But um, yeah, really interesting director and look forward to that. Uh, jumping into the past a little bit is the Fate of the Furious. I'm trying to pronounce the number in the title. F8. The Fate. Um did you see this? No, I've no. I, I truth be told, I haven't seen any of them. All right, I was with you two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, and uh, not only have I found ev- so there's a podcast I listen to called "How Did This Get Made" uh, with yep. Paul Shear and Jason Manzukas and uh, June Dan Raphael, and every time they do a Fast and the Furious movie, they get Adam Scott as their guest, okay. and they. Generally, the the point of that show is this movie is terrible. How did it get made? But Fast and the Furious, yes, they agree like there's stuff that they're laughing at the whole time because it's so crazy, but they all love them. So their enthusiasm combined with the very sober, uh, maybe not enthusiasm, but sober appraisal and appreciation from the Storm of Spoilers crew mm-hmm. uh, really convinced me like, I, I think I'm missing out on something. <laughs> and then when I heard... Then when I heard uh, How Did This Get Made do the F8 episode mm. and June Diane Raphael mentioned that she found Vin Diesel hotter and someone she would be more likely to want to sleep with than The Rock, I was, I was fascinated and I did a, a quick survey <laughs> and was shocked that, uh, that female friends agreed with this sentiment yeah. because I – no offense to Vin Diesel, who is is great at what he does, uh, but He's my man's, you know, my my very you know uh, dull heterosexual man's opinion on Vin Diesel is I I just thought everyone thought he was kind of like, you know, not not I, I don't know I just didn't think he was the the hot one. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I went and watched five, six, and seven <laughs> over a Holy four, shit. four day span. <laughs> and I am absolutely going to see the fate of the Furious before it leaves theaters. Wow. Um, Holy crap. They are go. so unbelievable. I mean, I laugh out loud so much at them. Um, I think that's part of the, I, 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 it seems as though they know enough about what these movies are that they don't take them so seriously. They're right. like, we, we know what this is. We know why you're here. Like, it just kind of has that quality to it, which I appreciate. Like, I don't, I, I, you know, good Lord, they've made eight of them and they're just like money. They just print money every time. So the you gotta, that, you know, the thing that really sold it for me was on storm of spoilers, Neil Miller, who runs film school rejects explained, uh, what did, how did he put it? He sees, he, he said, I see fast eight as the first movie in the last trilogy. Whoa. And then both of them were explaining that, 
five, six, seven, and eight have had the same writer. Now the directors okay. have changed, but basically what I take from that is that one through four did not have the sort of like extreme measures of the next of five, six, seven, eight. Uh -huh. um, and they also did, there was all this like crazy stuff. Like Vin left the franchise after the first one. Yep. And so there was like a, a one that was just like Paul Walker. And uh, was, was that Tokyo that? Drift? Were like, no, no, yeah. no. There's oh. one that was just those two. Then, uh, then maybe they did Tokyo Drift third. And mm -hmm. then Vin Diesel's at the very end of that. And then he came back into another movie that's <laughs> called The Fast and the Furious or something. Like, I don't know. It's uh, so freaking confusing. And the, the <laughs> friends that I polled about the hotness of The Rock versus Vin, we we all sat there on like Wikipedia arguing like the timeline of this. And yeah, uh, how did this get made is done it. So check out all those episodes if you really want to figure that out. Check out those nice. podcasts. But basically, Storm of Spoilers sold me on like, no, they unified it with five going forward. So... And there really is this feeling of like they they figured out the tone, uh, and they are human superheroes. There are no origin stories about like they don't have any special powers supposedly, but uh, they do such crazy shit <laughs> that I mean you know like not just the cars like there's there's humans flying through the air and stuff like that, and it's okay. so ridiculous. I want to know I want to know how the hell Charlie Theron is a car a car wizard or whatever the hell she because if you look at the trailer and she's just like operating some kind of like control center where she can basically do you know send an entire army oh, yeah, of yeah. She cars has a drone, after drone car army after people. yeah i don't know she got all that training on the italian job so Ooh, maybe this is the secret unofficial sequel to the italian i should go into it thinking that and just see if that enhances my experience well, like it was i'm pretty sure it was on these two different podcasts that one person pointed out isn't it bold that they just gave her the same hairstyle that Angelina Jolie had in Gone in 60 Seconds, which was another car-stealing movie. Yeah. And and then I think it was on another podcast someone pointed out, like, well, she already did this movie. It was called The Italian Job. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, the thing about The Fast and the Furious is you don't really know what's, like, like meta kind of joke or yeah. what's just, like, a dull, like, not dull, uh, but a just very obvious, like, yeah, she's already done it. Let's just put her together. We get the hair from Angelina and get her it from the time like, job and put it together. It feels like and she's in Mad Max. You know, it's like oh yeah. Well, I mean, she, she's awesome. It feels like what's happened though is that Fast and Furious has, is basically what Mission Impossible is becoming. Is just this like mm, cool collection of people. That is a great that point. Do these crazy like because I'm I was as you were saying like human superheroes without powers. I'm like it's kind of what freaking Ethan Hunt has been this entire time. Oh, interesting. Right, and right. And like you could argue like. Most of the like the last two or three Mission Impossible's just kind of bleed together, but they're consistent, you know. So it's just right. like I think it's and I enjoy those. So it's you know, there. I'm, anyway, I I say check them out. They're definitely worth a rent. I will go nice. see F eight in the theater. Um, if you end up seeing them, we can do a whole a whole episode on yeah. just Fast and Furious. But I'm probably not going to go to one through four. At yeah, time. No, I don't care about no. those. Let's jump to another uh, franchise that's made way too many movies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Transformers. <laughs> well, wait. Oh no, no, we skipped a really important one. Is it not on your list? Oh, did we? we? Got... Yeah. Well, let's. It's next on my list because Transformers is right after this. But next on my list is Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, that's in the flipped flip flopped on mine. Um, <clears throat> Interesting. Well, let's, yeah. which one? Which one do you want to do first? Well, we I've can... already. Let's say Transformers because we can just sync it. We'll skip that one pretty quickly. Okay. I the only relevant detail. First of all, we both talked about the trailer to Transformers. 
we saw we I think you and I both saw this edited trailer. We had seen one, and then we saw this other trailer where this it was this little girl telling a story of like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. say I fight like a girl, and then it cuts all these scenes, and she's doing this monologue, and and at the end she's like, yeah, I do fight like a girl, don't you, or something like that. And yeah. it was so kick ass, yeah, that I was briefly invested in in this idea, but mostly I took away with like put her in a, a better action movie, and I will see it. Well, and between that and the other trailers have had Anthony Hopkins giving this really dramatic oh, yeah, monologue right. and shit. It seems like this movie is like six other amazing movies that don't need Transformers in them. Like it's almost like it's jarring that because like you see the shit and then you're all of a sudden like a robot foot stamps in the frame. You're like, I oh mean, no, why is this just, here? Yeah. Could they have just called it like Robot Planet and it would have been more awesome? Like oh, I don't dude <laughs> i want to see robot planet now with anthony hopkins and that little girl yes yes oh god i would have seen that it, yeah it could have kept <laughs> the entire storyline the same just changed the like look of the robots a little bit i don't uh, have them transform it's so stupid oh well, and it's like oh my god you you just saw you just fixed this movie for me <laughs> i want to see robot planet let's, okay let's so after you finish your hobbit edit yes <laughs> You go edit the Transformers movies so they never transform and they're just giant robots that live amongst the humans. That would be really interesting. Oh man, they don't need it to turn different... into cars. Like they're not their secrets out. You can stop transforming. Yeah, yeah that's oh. a great point. That's a great point. Like, who are you hiding from at this juncture? Uh. I, you know what? Truth be told, the original Transformers movie came out in 06 of the you know of this Michael Bay run. Um, not I'm not talking. I acknowledge the animated movie was you know obviously first. Uh, but the the Michael Bay movies came out in 06, and I actually really liked that first one. It had a it, the soundtrack is killer. The soundtrack does not deserve that movie. Let me just put that out there. I didn't um, really like any of them, but as I recall, that one man. That one was the most. This is a fun. really qualified word that I'm about to use. That was okay. the, the best. Well, it, it, it's <laughs> the one that sort of didn't take itself too seriously. It still actually dealt in Transformers lore, you know, from right. the, the, the cartoon or the comics. Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, and, you know, and, and they had to transform to protect their identity. So, like, it all kind of made right. sense. And since then, like, I don't need to see Optimus Prime riding atop a transforming dinosaur wielding a giant sword. Has like, that happened like, already? Or is that in this one? I think I don't know anymore. I've lost dinosaurs count. in this one. I'm pretty sure. Oh Christ! Who knows? Anyway, I oh, I, oh I, yeah, there was like a flashback thing to the the War of Cybertron or something that had the Dinobots in it. I believe. I don't know. It's it's not, a pass for me. It's a not worth. Yeah, exactly. So Blade Runner 2049. Let's not pick it a back pass up. for me. Not in Man, the slightest. Trailer looks so awesome. Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's let's put it on Front Street. Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Denny. Denny. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave all pronunciations to you. Moving I don't forward. really know that. I just, as we've talked about this, he directed Arrival. Yes. And uh, I only know that that French name is pronounced that way because there's a Blondie song called Denis Denis. Ah, okay. He, uh, yeah. So if you've seen Arrival like we have and you love Arrival like we have, uh, I am in the bag for this movie out of the gate. You know, I like the original Blade Runner, but I always, I felt like there's some, that's a movie that needed to be made later because I think it's, it's sort of, I'm going to get assassinated for saying this, but I feel like the original Blade Runner suffers a, because it had like all those different endings and shit. And nobody knows what the real ending actually should be. So just, it didn't have like the creative confidence of either the studio, the director or the studio to say, Hey, here's what the director envisioned. Here's what it's going to be. We're not going to fuck with it. Um, The other side of it is though, there's some elements of it that feel like if it was in 20 you know anything after 2005 it could have embraced 
what it wanted to be a little bit more. I think it kind of almost felt like it was almost so avant-garde for 1984 that it's just like, it almost felt like a movie from another reality. And I think, you know, given time you appreciate it more, but then given time, you're like, man, I wish they would have just would have fixed this. this." It's a movie that I, again, I'm going to get assassinated for this. I almost (laughs) wish they'd go back and sort of George Lucas, some of the things. No, don't say that. Because, because like the technology, it's almost like they knew what it was going to be, but they didn't quite know how to execute it. And, I see this trailer and go, ooh, this is the world I, I – this is what I'm yeah. wanting. Like this is the well, world I want to buy into. I agree with that, and I have a, a weird history with Blade Runner, which is I – way back in like right right around 84, right after that. I mean I was, it was probably 86 or so. I, I think I did a comic book trade, and somebody gave me their copy of Blade Runner, which was basically – like it wasn't a graphic novel, but it was like a single-issue retelling of the story. Um, where everyone was drawn to look like the film. Mm. And so I had read that like over and over and like, it didn't make any sense. It was like, uh, uh, you know, like a manga to me or something. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I just, you know, this, this world is disconnected from all this stuff. I didn't actually see Blade Runner until the director's cut was re-released in theaters in 92 or 93. Okay. And then I went to see it. Um, So that, that is still the only version I've ever seen of Blade Runner. So I don't even know the contrary. I mean, I've read the controversy about the endings and stuff like that. Um, and a n- narration that was added or taken away or something. Yeah. And I, so I can't imagine what the confusion is. It's to me, it's almost like they did George Lucas it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the, we- other, the other thing that reminds me that this reminds me of is a Tron and Tron legacy because the original Tron oh. was like very much, beloved but definitely a product of the time and right it, it's like if that if that story could have had access to 2017 technology or in the case of tron legacy 2010 technology um it could have and so i i and i i am a, i'm in the bag for tron legacy i love that movie i mean a lot of people shit on it but it's like i love that movie i freaking love it and it's made me have a retroactive appreciation for that first one in a way i never thought i would so yeah. I, and, and I appreciate blade runner immensely but i feel like this i will want to go back and rewatch the original a couple times after seeing this well and i was yeah though that's an awesome point and i was pretty uh i i mean i i appreciate the like the weight of the ideas in blade runner the original you know like the original movie and the original like the whole story is itself but like for fun i i always felt like minority report was that kind of reboot of it because they're both based on philip k dick stories Mm -hmm. Uh so um, when Minority Report came out, and I was like late to the game on that one, like I, I rented it or so, you know saw it on DVD or Blu-ray or something, and mm-hmm. and I was so into it, and it was kind of like ah, I just I haven't felt that kind of excitement about the original Blade Runner, so now I am feeling that about this new one, and I'm mm-hmm. yeah, the new trailer we just saw this week is looks amazing, uh, and we should point out uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, also did Sicario, which yes. is one of the most fucking tense movies i've ever seen that thing is so difficult to watch um just the menace that is around any corner and uh, mm-hmm. through the out the whole movie is oh my god it's it's terrifying well and he, so has been tapped, he has been tapped to direct dune so this dude oh yeah visual, that's right this is a guy with visual style up you know in, in space yeah I brought up Sicario like he's not a wild ideas guy only that's like only a sci-fi guy. And so if this new Blade Runner has that gritty like street cop feel of Sicario Mm -hmm. along with, you know, the sci-fi ideas of like Arrival and stuff, it's – oh my god, it's just going to slip. I'm going to make a bold claim. Denis Villeneuve is the new Christopher Nolan. I mean I don't – I wouldn't argue with that. 
He's building a career that's very similar and he's becoming known for very specific quality kinds of things. And I feel like this just, and it, it, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to match exactly, but he's doing, he's being offered things and his career is kind of being crafted in a similar sort of way. So it's keep an eye on this guy. Definitely. Yeah. Um, should we, should we even hit the next movie that's on this list? God, no, because I hate Amy Schumer. So no. You know, what just occurred to me though, while we were looking at this poster is, is she the Dane cook of like, yes. <laughs> the last couple yes. years? Yes. Yes. Let's put that in writing. I want that on a t-shirt. Amy, I'm on her face is the Dane cook and we can look forward 10 years from now. She will be the slimy cheating girlfriend in a American gods kind of TV show where she dies right off. I, the other thing is like, so, I mean, not to give this too much airtime, she's in a movie called snatch with Goldie Hawn, um, which, uh, I saw the trailer for, along with the trailer to another movie that's coming out, we'll just scratch this off the list right here, called Rough Night, which mm-hmm. has, uh, I think Kirsten Dunst is in that with some other people. Or no, 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 uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's, uh, um, both of them are like kind of, you know, um, uh, hangover sort of movies where something like so horrifying happens, but they're trying to make a comedy out of it. And at least from the trailers, both of them, I was like, wow, that's, that's too far. Yeah. <laughs> like there's sort of an accidental death in both of them. Jesus. And I just felt like, yeah, we, you can't recover from that. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I just, I'm you... not interested in this, especially when, you know, it's just a bunch of bad people doing bad things. Yeah. Once you start, you know, covering up deaths that you're responsible for, like of innocent people, it's like, man, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not on board. But anyway, no. that's all we'll say about that and rough night. Um, yep. we Next should save this last one for the end though, because that is coming out at the end of the year and we are, which one are you talking about? Uh, <clears throat> what is, what's next on your list? Cause the next on mine is circle. Oh, let's, let's hit that one. Let's um, do it. now before you jump in, this is a movie that I saw a trailer for when was it good? It was a while ago. No, it was, um, it was back during King Kong when I saw King Kong a month or so ago. But we talked about it way before that. Now you're right. What did I I see? Anyway, I saw some trailer. Before Rogue One. Yes. Yes. I think you're right. Um, You are right. Yep. Uh, And so, like, the trailer for that came out, and it looked compelling as hell. And you're like, oh, my God, Tom Hanks is a villain kind of character. Patton Oswalt is his henchman. That may or may not. It was Logan. It was Logan. We saw Logan. Logan. Yes. Thank you. You're right. You're right. I knew knew Rogue One was too far away. (laughs) No. So I saw that trailer, and I thought, this looks interesting. I didn't know if Emma Watson could carry it. Yeah. Uh, by herself. And I'm like, Tom Hanks is there. He's, you know, trusting Hanks yeah. and was really excited. Uh, I had it on my schedule. John Boyega. John Boyega. Yeah. It, it, everything looked like it was going right. It looked like a, a 2017 updated version of The Net starring Sandra Bullock. Right. Which is like, funny because you told me that. And I was like, that sounds like a diss. And you no, were, I love The Net. The Don't. Oh, after yeah. our Harry no, Potter. When do you say that? We're going to have the net, uh, the net reviewed in its entirety. Anyway, I was excited. I actually ended up not seeing it opening night or the week that I wanted to. You did. did. <laughs> and what did you think? Uh, not good. Not, not, a, uh, not a good movie. But uh, it has nothing to do with Emma Watson or Patton Oswalt or any of the other fine cast. It is just badly written. That's <laughs> like good. the shortest way to put it. And it, it's not the actual person-to-person dialogue it's just that the story is poorly structured like there's just not a great uh you know there's there's not a good like act flow you know and what shocked me was i had heard of the book 
uh, years ago. It's by Dave Eggers, and a friend had recommended it to me. Um, I was shocked when this ended, and I saw that Dave Eggers and someone else did the screenplay. And it just, it was like a real disappointment when I saw that. It was uh, not a good movie. It did not go, it should have been, uh, and it should have been the social network, um, mm-hmm. the movie, like mm-hmm. with, with a very dystopian ending, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, that's basically what they're doing. And they just didn't handle it well. There was never, this is the only thing I want to say, cause I definitely wanted to write something or say something about this. There's never any opposition to the idea, like the central idea of the movie you know to like Mm -hmm. the tom hanks corporate idea of the circle and Mm -hmm. like i got a little bit of that so i a thing i brought up like two years ago or whenever we did jurassic world was i said you know the only tiny complaint i have about this is what really made jurassic park movies work was jeff goldblum being the skeptic always contradicting the main Mm -hmm thesis of the protagonist you know which it sounds like we're getting back by the way the next yeah exactly that so (laughs) yeah chris pratt's character was a pretty good job owen i believe his name was i'm killing with the names tonight and uh he uh you know he was he was the voice of reason in jurassic world Mm -hmm. um it just wasn't as strongly you know enunciated as jeff goldblum did and the circle has no one doing Uh, that like there's like peripheral characters that object only because their lives are being ruined but mm-hmm. they're no, nobody that like it within the you know there's like actually there's a main character who objects to it but she never explains why she just disappears Weird. so it's just the whole thing was uh, yeah it's real bad don't see that's this bad. i'm yeah. sorry that's that's real we usually try to cover only movies that we're excited about but that one i'll just say that's a good no but that's a cautionary tale because it, it it's something if i didn't know you or had heard that i would have gone and seen it and would have wasted my two hours and felt like you know, I, we need uh, we need to put it out there in the, in the marketplace that some of these things look interesting yeah. but are not. Um, yeah. Let's let's just go in order in the order of this list. I see Star Wars: The Last Jedi next. Well, that's the one I was trying to leave till the end. But I mean, we uh, might as well mention it. Let's talk about it. Um, I saw the 3D trailer before Guardians and yep. was more excited. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what Luke Skywalker does. I think you know we teased an entire movie and had to wait three years, three years, two years. Right, and it was just he didn't even say a word. <laughs> he didn't say anything. I want to see that dude like move a planet, or I, I, I want to see how strong he actually is, and I want to see what he does if confronted by Kylo Ren. I want, I want that. I just that could be the entire movie, and I would be completely happy. But yeah, you know, obviously everything else is. I have you know it's gonna be exciting. One weird conspiracy thing here. <clears throat> well, I'll say one thing first. I am more excited by the spaceships and crafts mm-hmm. in this than I definitely was in the last two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I love those, like, lo- like you know, <laughs> 10 out of 10 for Rogue One and Force Awakens. Um, this is like an 11 out of 10 just for that one scene of them speeding across that like white desert and kicking up that red dust. Yeah, yeah. But I've just never been so into the the ships as this like i don't know why it just that's what i take away from that trailer every time it's like oh my god those ships like well do you know why because you've got an entire generation of designers prop builders etc yeah. who grew up 
being fans of that stuff. So it's like they honor it, but they they care yeah. about it even like because keep in mind the guys who made the original Star Wars ships, yeah, they were excited about it, but they were exhausted because they a lot of the shit they'd never done before. So they yeah, weren't, yeah. you know, they couldn't sit there and like you know geek out over every little detail like we can now because we have all yeah. that history to build from. So and the prequels were like, hey, here's a, a crazy ship that looks like it could never exist anywhere. <laughs> it just has a bunch of points on it, and we'll copy paste this a million uh, times onto the frame so that. There's a whole armada of them. Uh, uh, yeah, let's say. Uh, but uh, uh, so anyway, my to my tiny theory to stick out there is in the trailer we've seen of Last Jedi, we hear Luke say it's time for the Jedi to end. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if they're playing a joke on us and they cut off something like to end this <laughs> terrible war. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be. I've they, watched it several times, and I'm not convinced that that is the end of that sentence every time. Yeah. No, and that's it, we've seen that happen before. It's possible. Yeah. The fuckery abounds. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely sure I heard Jen Urso say, uh, this is a rebellion, I rebel, and I've seen that movie like five times, and she never says it in the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, that, ain't it. that entire scene ain't it. <laughs> There's so much of that movie that's like that's uh, good lord rogue one I think that's so I think there's an entire other movie left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, I mean we could not be more excited about the last Jedi come the end of the year we'll probably do a gigantic Star Wars recaps of everything yeah. and try to get all our friends involved and um totally. I mean it's, it's it's so awesome. Uh yeah. Very, very Uh next on the list though for me and I'm on your side uh The Mummy. Well, which, did you like those movies? Which it's not it's not out yet. Uh, I, I mean, isn't this just him picking up the Brendan Fraser torch? No, 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 no. It's a complete, this is a totally different what? take. Oh, see, oh, good. I get to, man, I, get to I was so sure that Tom Cruise was taking over all of Brendan Fraser's oh. franchises. Think I was looking it. for Encino man back to Encino <laughs> and, uh, even in senior, senior year. What was yeah. the other, he was in the moment. What was the other big thing he was in? That was like was it, a, uh, was it a librarian? No, that's no no one. No, bedazzled, bedazzled. <clears throat> oh, he's great and bedazzled. Yeah, that one with the devil who's what's your favorite? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. This is uh, this is remember Universal was pissed even though they own Jurassic oh, Park. This is the, they're monsters. They were like they were they were getting <sighs> mad because like we don't have a franchise in a shared universe. So they went back through their vaults and went, hey, we own all these old timey monsters. Let's yeah. do something. And I remember they announced that they were doing it. Everybody went, oh, really? Okay, good luck. And all of a sudden, Russell Crowe is showing up as like, you know, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. High, or well, in this case, Dr. Jekyll. Like, they're planting the seeds for it. And that that, uh, actress from Kingsman with the shiny blade legs is the mummy. So I'm like, holy crap, this might actually be decent. Um, The biggest question I have, regardless of if I see it or not, does Tom Cruise become the mummy at the end? Because you can't paint clearly dies and then is resurrected but you can't have like this this woman mummy who's like this is the greatest threat the earth's ever seen and if you're going to unite the monsters at some point or fight them all like if you're going to conquer her in this movie she can't show up again so what's the you know what's the alternative other than hey they put him in bandages or it's probably you know what i hope it's not and this will be the sign that this whole thing is going to fall apart is if he is the mummy, but it's like a metaphorical thing. Cause he's immortal. So he has like mummy like <laughs> abilities, but we're not going to put him in bandages or anything. It's just going to, you know, or his, I mean, or like he, his eye gets poked out. So he has like a single bandage around his head or something, you know, it's like some dumb workaround. You know, I'm with, I'm with uh, Jerry Seinfeld on this. Like you can't have a Frankenstein without the sport jacket. That's a little too small. <laughs> and you can't have a mummy that's not wrapped in, yeah. in bandages. <laughs> 
It's like, come on, man. So we'll, it'll be curious. I don't know if I'll see it. I'll keep an eye. You know, if, if, if reviews are good, I might, I might show up, but, uh, you know, probably rent it at least, you know, yeah. Uh, back on this list, there are like five in front of me that I could, I do, I have no comment about. And then I just, I'll give you, I'll give you a fast little one, one to two words each, right? Gifted, never heard of it. Yeah, never. Boss Baby, why was that a thing? I apparently came out, did well. I didn't even know it existed. Going in style, um, actually interesting. (laughs) (laughs) My parents enjoyed it. (laughs) I, uh, um, I believe Zach Braff directed it. He I, that, directed it? I, that's Holy what I God. heard. And Holy it's crap. based on an older movie um, that had Art Carney and George Burns in it. Okay. Um, and my, I told my parents about that, and they rented that, and they were like, not as good. So, yeah. which was very shocking to me. Huh. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, Smurfs I, the Lost Village. Um, uh, you know, who cares? Everything, everything. Romantic, romantic movie romance just as romance whatever yeah um how to be a latin lover i'm just gonna focus on this for a small second because normally i would just say uh who cares however they have been dumping their entire goddamn ad inventory on hulu over the last two weeks so every commercial that pops up is for this stupid movie and i'm wondering who it's for it's probably gonna end up being like a madia sized success and they'll make 10 more so uh, god help us um yeah huh so, um, <laughs> someone out there's yeah, like, I was that, interested that was in that. So Kong Skull Island, I was actually very, very into and just didn't make it out to see it. So I hope no. it's still playing. I would like well, to see I saw it. it. Yeah, oh, I saw what'd it. you think? Yeah. yeah, I saw it back in, uh, when I was in North Carolina. Um, it's, it's fun. It's good. It's, it's, um, I, it definitely has that same sort of feel of the Godzilla movie that came out a few years ago, which is good because they're meant to be oh, okay. connected. There's a connective tissue and there's a big sort of Nick Fury avengers initiative moment at the end of it <laughs> uh which is fun i just you know at some point you can only take brie larson and tom hiddleston seriously in this kind of thing i wish they would have found somebody a little less obvious to play those those roles because like what what really was interesting was like john goodman was in it and he was great yeah you know, sam l jackson was like the you know the bitchy grumpy that's gen, the guy know. i can't take seriously in those kind of movies well it's just like i wish if they had cast it a little differently get like, this I motherfucking think, monkey off this yeah, motherfucking island that, no, you're you're not far off <laughs> there's he basically says a a a line that's very similar to that um you know so it's fine i mean they the the way they treat king kong is really cool um and they sort of the you might ask you know just you're like how is that how is a creature that size gonna fight godzilla which is like three times as as big and they made a good point in the movie they actually had a piece a line that said oh he'll he's still young so he'll continue to grow and this was meant to take place in the 70s so when they do you know when they cut to modern day and they have to fight my guess is he'll be bigger um so anyway well that's i will still try to check that one out now absolutely like you know check it out once it's on digital video yeah Um, it's definitely a rental i wouldn't see it in theater again if if i had to do it next one for me is uh logan which we did an entire episode about with our friend emily kelly yep um the only thing i would like to add to logan which we all loved um i was maybe the lone like less excited person about it but um still loved it but because of the timeliness of this episode, did you know it is being re-released in black and white next week? I saw that, and I actually might go see it because so, it looks badass. It looks really good. Yeah, it is in select theaters in black and white. I really didn't think I would see Logan again in the theater, but I will go see this in black and white. My yeah. only problem is 
Um, it's it's only on a Tuesday evening, oh. and it's a, a little bit of a trek for me to get there. But there is one at your Alamo Draft House in Littleton. So they are going to re- uh, release it on Blu-ray Digital too at some point. I heard like they're that would make sense. And you know we. Uh, have we talked about how Fury Road is in black and white as the Chrome edition, the black and yes, Chrome edition? Yes, I'm glad you. I was I was going to reference that, so I'm glad you did. Um, Fury Road, while that seems like a good idea, the color palette is such a crucial component of that yeah. movie. It is not the same in black and white. I'm sorry, I've had I've had designer friends argue to the death with me on this. So to well, each their own, but I just wasn't don't. the idea that uh, Miller, am I right? The director didn't he yes. want it in black and white and the uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. I think an early, I think in an early sort of conceptual meeting, he was thinking about it, but then realized. Yeah. Whereas Logan, I think would work wonderfully in black and white. I think it'd work even better. in black. And so, and white. yeah, I, that actually, that is a bigger hook to me than anything else. Like uh, that you could say about Logan. It's like, that will almost like immortalize the movie. Yeah. So yeah. I should really try to make it to that. But anyway, if you hear this episode, the week we release it, just Google Logan noir or Logan black and white, find a screening, go to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's up next for you? Oh, uh, get out, which I saw at the both saw. tail end of its release. Thank God. Thank God. And I was going to, I was thinking, oh, I'll rent it. And I just was like, nah, I probably should experience it in the theaters. And I'm so yeah. happy I did. Oh, wow. Me too. I, I accidentally saw it on opening weekend. I'd read so much about Holy it crap. that I thought it had been out already for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's, yeah. It's Blumhouse so can do no wrong at this point. Blumhouse has figured out movie making for the next 50 years. Like they, I think they, what was the budget on this? I think they made it for like 3 million. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's... It was absurd. No, 4.5 million. They made it for 4.5 million and it's grossed. We got to look at this. Hang on. Let's go to Wikipedia real quick. The grossing of Get Out. And this is, it's going to blow my mind. It has grossed 173, 173 million in the US. Canada, what's the, the worldwide gross is 204 million. Off a three or four point five million dollar budget, I mean Jesus, that that is how you run a studio, folks, right there. And it was interesting and cool and unique. And good lord, the guy from Key and Peele is talented as hell. And uh, so who directed it? Yeah, Jordan and, and wrote it. Jordan Peele, right? Yeah, and wrote it. Um, like Jesus, go see that. Rent it when it comes out. Like I, I and see what? it. I think you should see it like with a group of friends. I'm a pretty yeah. like I'll even go. I go to a lot of movies on my own. Uh, definitely watch a lot of movies in my house on my own. But like that one, I don't know if you could get your friends to shut up throughout it. <laughs> great. Like in a dark room with your friends, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. Yeah. I think we could probably skip down to Spider-Man. Homecoming. Yeah. Well, John, I have a John Wick chapter two in here. Oh, which man, We're all out of order. This is crazy. That's okay. Let's just shout that out real quick. I, I have heard good things about the first John Wick. I need to see it. Um, I'm assuming the second same. one is is equally good. So looking forward to catching up with that sometime in the future. Yeah, same here. Um, Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, I mean, this is if there's any movie that's gonna that's gonna outdo Guardians of the Galaxy's box office grosses, it's probably gonna be this. God, um, are we not? Do we not have spider fatigue at this? point? I do. Thank you. I do. But apparently, America, it's it's like it collectively has just wiped its memory. You now, know, all geek cultures just went. No, those didn't happen. This is the only one that ever existed. It was so smart the way they reintroduced him in Civil War. Yeah. And hopefully, we're not gonna have any stupid origin story. Hopefully, it's picking up. Like right where you know we left off at Civil War, which it you know looks like it from the trailers. Um, that's the only thing that will like really do it in for me. Is there's yeah. if I have to sit through another origin story, 
Like I'm, I'm done. We should see if Uncle Ben has been cast. That will tell us everything we need to know. I am there for Marissa Tomei as uh, Aunt Bay. For Aunt, Aunt Bay. Oh, <laughs> as long as she wants to play that role, I want to see Marissa Tomei in it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm actually there for Michael Keaton. I that dude has been on my my he has been faves a, list. A winged super person. In three movies, four four movies now, two Batmans, Birdman, and this. The Vulture. I just, he, you know, he's one of those actors who he still has like some of his like 80s panache, you know, just like his, his way of, but he's, he's such a damn good actor now. He can almost merge those things effortlessly. So he's like, he's giving like a really great performance in a comic book movie where he has to affect a bit of a, uh, a thing. But I'm like, I want to, I just want to see how that works because he might be. I never thought I'd give a shit about the vulture like ever. I'm just like, as soon as they said that was the villain before they cast him, I was like, dude, oh, why? Well, and I'm looking at this going, man, it might be good. He might make me like the vulture. I mean, for as much shit as we could pile on all the Spider-Man movies, which whose biggest sin is they keep telling the same story and like uh, yes. watering it down. The, the villains in the, in the Sam Raimi movies were actually really great. Like Alfred, Alfred Molina as oh. a, that was he was so incredible in that movie i remember that movie i was like that's how you do a superhero movie (laughs) yeah that yes spider-man i always forget to shout out spider-man 2 when talking about like the best superhero movies i always go which is which makes spider-man 3 so utterly shocking which is basically the same problem with x-men 3 which was x2 was so amazing um but yeah also willem dafoe as green goblin i mean I love willem they dafoe. had awesome villains so yep. I, michael keaton i love everything he does i'm i'm excited for him of all the on that note of all the comic book you know the mainstream comic book hero franchises the villains that have always been the most interesting to me have been the spider-man villains like i'm waiting mm, to see yeah. i want to see the the cool sort of grittier version of mysterio and in fact I, on our pinterest page there is a a kind of concept art for that very thing. And it looks almost like an evil daft punk kind of character. And I'm like, imagine with today's technology, Mysterio could be really freaking cool and menacing. And like, you know, just, uh, I I want, I, if they can make it to that with this Spider-Man, I'll be so happy. He does have a true rogues gallery. Like, I do like that about Spider-Man. I'm not really into Spider-Man as a hero. I think he's kind of an idiot, but, um, but I, if they could make him, like I hope it's not all Tony Stark gadgets. And I'm echoing Ooh, something yeah. someone else said, which I, you know they said, and I was like, oh, I totally agree with that. You know, when he flies over the helicopter, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, there's a suit that Tony Stark gives Peter Parker in the comic book version of Civil War, and to me, it's, it was just like, oh, come on, he's now he's like a robot spider, like an Iron Spider suit. There's literally a character called Iron Spider. Yeah. <laughs> from the comics though i mean that's from yeah the yeah comics. that's what i mean so um i just i it would spider-man i think works for me when he is a flawed human boy who is fighting you know flawed human villains who are not all like super super powerful trying to destroy the world and stuff okay. so i like yeah. that yeah like um dark tower were you a reader of this no i have had uh, i mean it's idris elba right yeah, it's Idris Elba. It's freaking Matthew McConaughey as a villain, which just makes my heart sore. Like, 
Yeah. Same thing with like, like make Jodie Foster a villain for the rest of her career. Make Matthew McConaughey a villain. Like I just it perfectly cast. Um, I have had many, many friends describe Dark Tower to me in different ways. So I feel like I have a, a, a basic understanding. What's cool about the movie is that it takes place in continuity, but isn't based on a book per se. It's like it kind of drops itself oh. in in a way. Man. And they were originally uh. – remember they originally – Ron Howard was originally going to do a like series for Showtime or HBO and then right. movies to go along with that. And it was all going to fit into continuity and it, because the way the Dark Tower is structured as like a narrative is it is meant to be Stephen King's sort of newest work, but also a work that that get, literally combines every world of every book he's ever written. So like The Shining exists alongside The Green Mile, exists alongside you know anything else like Carrie. Mm. Like there's it, the Dark Tower is meant to kind of combine all that stuff in a way that made sort of sense in a shared universe kind of way. Well, that's such um, a smart thing to do to have the movie just be part of that extended universe. And yes. Retelling of something. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, the fact they cast Idris Elba as like the gunslinger, just that was a bold choice. I'm I feel like this is going to be the it's coming out when Inception came out. So it's that early ish August release. Mm -hmm. Um which is interesting because it's been seven years since Inception. Inception. I feel like it's going to be that sort of like dark horse surprise hit because it's not getting a lot of a lot of you know, mainstream buzz and press because everything's just drowning it out. You know, there haven't been many trailers. I think they're intentionally kind of going, let's just put it here. We know people are going to show up, and I think this is going to be a movie that goes well beyond August and just keeps having legs. Interesting. Yeah. I have no interest in it but i don't know Aww. anything about it, so <laughs> well maybe we'll maybe we'll one of us will see it and turn let's it talk over. about another movie that i have no interest in <laughs> baywatch <laughs> i don't either but you know what this looks really freaking fun you throw the rock and zach efron in a movie together that's you can't go wrong like zach efron mm. in a mm -hmm. in a sort of go wrong uh, yeah but in like i mean i liked what was that neighbors friend the neighbors one and two like He's great in that. Like when he has like a when he's kind of like a, a douchey sort of nemesis, he works really well. And then The Rock is just you can't hate that guy right now. So like you know, I wouldn't fault anybody for going to see Baywatch. I'm sure it'll have its its yeah. moments of interest. But you know, there you go. Or you can come watch Fast Eight with me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, we should mention Grant. the oh, not that I wasn't. I was going to skip over Granite Mountain. Yeah. I don't know anything about that one. Um, good. Miles the, uh, Teller's in it, so there's that. Wait a second. Wait. A, well, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Granite Mountain stars Miles Teller, Josh Brolin, Taylor Kitsch, and Jeff Bridges. What? What is this even about? A drama based on the elite crew of men who battled a wildfire in Prescott, Arizona, in 2013 that claimed the lives of 19 of their members. This seems like one of the best movies of the early 90s that they just found in a vault, and they're like, "Oh <laughs> shit, we better put it out." Like it has that. Like it, it's probably great, but it's just it's being. I would not have put this out. And when are they? When is it coming out? Oh, October twenty seventeen. Oh, well, maybe that's okay. I we'll mean, probably maybe it'll be it. like maybe we'll know something about it. Yeah, um, there we go. We should definitely talk about these two next movies that are on my uh, my list at least. Um, the probably the next big movie that I'm ready for is Wonder Woman. Oh like, God, yes. I'm really excited about this. Don't disappoint me. It movie. did look like for a couple weeks that they weren't advertising it. Um, I mean, we hadn't seen trailer updates in a while, and I was getting worried that maybe the studio thought this is not going to do well and we don't want to throw marketing money at it, but they've definitely ramped that up in response to the you know, outcry. And Well, I the think they were just trying to stay out of the way of Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's, that's a really good point, too, is that, yeah, they knew that was just going to mow over whatever came out this week. So, um, But I'm, I mean, I'm stoked for this. It looks really great. 
I uh, I saw so I saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy in 3D as well, and this was seeing this trailer, the, oh, yeah. the latest and last one before that. Yeah. It, and it's um it's weird online. There's like a word a version of the same trailer, but it has like this weird like song by some modern yeah. band I'm not aware of like you know uh, for it. So the one I saw had this like killer, just very epic, you know, mythical score, and at the very last line that freaking Hans Zimmer guitar riff kicks in and the whole theater's like, yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what yes! Yes! I mean, I shed a tear. I was just like so excited. I'm like, oh God. I, I mean, you said this two years ago, I think, and I am totally, I think you were so right to call it this way. I hope this is what happens. I hope Wonder Woman, as you said, becomes the Captain America of the DCU. Yep. That's what needs to happen. She needs to be the anchor. Batman is like the Iron Man of that universe. Superman can be the uh, Hulk of that universe or before <laughs> or something. She needs to be the center. Um, yep. And, you know, if you're a Gal Gadot fan, um, check out Fast and Furious 6 because she's really oh, awesome. That's uh, but, right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about this movie. And as part of that, the Justice League also comes out this year, which still hasn't registered in my brain that we will see two Wonder Woman movies this year. Which is just so uh, so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's and again going back to that same note, it looks like in all the Justice League promotional stuff, she. I mean, she's obviously co-leading with Batman, but it almost yeah. seems like she's more. You know, he's almost kind of like second to her. Which you know, if they <laughs> they play that out that way, I just. I mean, I just can't tell you how much I love that suggestion of yours that she become the Captain America because he really. I think Batman's only going to succeed in this new DCU where it's Ben Affleck. If if he can kind of go off the rails a little yeah, bit, like yeah. he should not be the moral center of that universe, you know. And yeah, I just yeah, I really I really hope that happens. That I think that's that would be the smart move. Um, I still I've seen how many trailers of Justice League, and I do not know a damn thing about Cyborg. I mean, I know right. him from reading the Teen Titans comics uh, or watching the cartoon. If you're me, um, but I don't. I, I, I get that he's he's been a, a you know one of the main members for years in the comics, but I don't know. Do people do you have an attachment to him because of that cartoon? Uh, I, I mean, I really like the character in the cartoon. The, what they're doing in the movie seems to be not that. Okay, so yeah. I, I don't you know. I think of the most. I I'm going to make two big bold predictions right now. I think Wonder Woman's going to perform very very solidly but then as the summer progresses be buzzed more and more and more and we're gonna get to justice league and justice league is not going to do as well as wonder woman and there's going to be a a drastic priority switch on making all things like it's gonna be it's you know it's gonna be it's gonna be wonder woman is to x-men as the and what's going to happen between now and like you know two years from now is they're going to reprioritize warner brothers film divisions on making the best goddamn wonder woman movie ever after this and the next wonder woman movie is going to be as good as x2 like they're gonna it's gonna be and we're just gonna forget justice league ever happened and it's just gonna be her and maybe they'll pull off a green lantern thing in the future but that will be she'll be their last their last straw that will actually succeed that you know man we could talk about dcu there's another whole episode or at least the cinematic universe like we were both you know uh as 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 guarded as we were about our appreciation for batman versus superman we were both in love with the fact that wonder woman had such a large role in it yes uh, which definitely fixed a lot of the chemistry issues even though as wonder woman she didn't have a lot of chemistry 
between them, you know, but it was nice to see Bruce interacting with Diana yep. um, in those early scenes. Um, that's really what DC, in my opinion, what DC movies should be is like, they should all be sort of solo films where the others guest star in them. Yeah. They, yep. they don't need an Avengers, you yep. know, that's, yep. and, and they've said it, they've cast it so seriously that I don't think they're going to be able to get like, a good balance of people. I mean, the justice league looks just like the suicide squad. Neither one of them yep. looks like a group of good guys. And <laughs> at least when I picture the justice league, a lot of times, um, like there's a really goofy version. Is it in, it may be an all-star Batman that, uh, um, what's his name wrote, but where plastic man is in it. And you're oh, like, wow. Oh yeah, you have to have some total idiot, like some clown yeah, <laughs> in the justice league to kind of, you know, defray all the seriousness. Well, that's apparently what Barry people, Allen's you know? going to be. Um, yeah, Barry Allen. But, you know, I mean, imagine Justice League that's like Green Arrow, Flash, uh, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Aquaman or something, and you don't have the big two guys in it. Yeah. You know, like that's, oh, yeah. It's so unbalanced, I think, when you have these three, like, huge well, names. Like, just, I, yeah. I don't want Aquaman and Cyborg to be uh sidelined because they seem like the most interesting characters to this so. yeah well especially aquaman i will say this though and looking at these these posters on on google i just had a a sort of daydream imagine if nothing had ever come out like that superman the man of steel never came out uh v C, you know v didn't come out uh like nothing came out and the first thing we see you know after again and, and pretend all the marvel stuff happened as it did you just see that poster as the beginning of the DCCU, like they start with her and they build, like how badass would that be? And it starts with her, and they're like, "Oh shit, this is working. Let's do a let's do a a Flash movie next." So you're intentionally, it's just yeah. what you said, but in terms of the release strategy, they don't even put out a Batman or Superman movie until after the first Justice League happens. Then they spin off a like, and now here's Batman, but they build it like with all the others first, and then the yeah. entire time you're like, "We know Batman and Superman. I that could have really worked out for them." Because then, by the yeah. time you get to Justice League, then you add like the cherries on top, and you know it's it, it just it can't it can't do anything but make a, a you know a billion dollars in its opening weekend. Yeah. Now it is interesting that this, uh, which I just confirmed, is that Justice League is coming out in November, so they're definitely yep. missing the summer stuff and aiming for that like Thanksgiving weekend stuff. So before eh. they get destroyed by Star Wars. Yeah, I do want to mention one other superhero movie. Uh, which kind of plays into all that, which is the Lego Batman movie, which yeah. came out in February, which I went and saw in the theater by myself. And another, it was like Guardians of the Galaxy. I enjoyed every second of that movie. <laughs> I need Did to rent that. I never oh, got you, the theaters. I no. mean, the Lego movie itself is is great, and and Batman Will Arnett's Batman is in that a lot. But um, in Lego Batman, where he just gets to run wild, it is so <laughs> good. I mean, just like the jokes coming at you constantly, uh, the the look of it is so cool. Um, I don't know. That thing was like everything I wanted to see in a superhero movie um, in Lego form. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. That's a great 2017 movie that's uh, already digitally available, I guess. so That's great. That was yeah. another March movie. Um, yeah. Power Rangers is on my list. I never got to see it. I, again, I think it might make a really great rental. I think it was one of those movies where people went in going, oh, God, and went out going, hey, that was actually – that actually strangely worked. Um, yeah. I mean they're going to make they're going to make another one. It did well enough for that. And it's – you know, at the very least, Elizabeth Banks is the villain. I mean she just gets to chew every bit of scenery that's in there. It's worth it for that. It's worth it for Brian Cranston. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, so it, it, yeah, well, it'll be out in rental probably what, another month or two. There's um, another Planet of the Apes movie coming out. Uh, I, you know, and, for the Planet of the Apes. I really like what they're doing. I mean, this would be the third one or the fourth one of the current friend. I, I think it's the third one. Um, it's got Woody Harrelson in it too, which that guy can do no wrong these days. Uh, playing, doing his best, you know, best Ed Harris impression. I, uh, I like what they're doing. I just don't, it's kind of like alien. I just don't care enough about the story. Like everything. They, I mean, they look like well-made, well-acted yeah. films. I've saw the first two, but I was like, these are good. I just don't care. I just, yeah. I'd never quite cared for it. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I the same. I, I, I'm just not invested at all. Um, it, uh, oh, flashing back a second, ghost in the shell. We did a whole episode on that, which you can check out if you're interested in my guarded defense of it. Um, but man, that thing just faded away. Like, yeah, you don't hear nothing about it. And it was only like what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, barely that. Yeah, I, it did. I mean, and we, you know, the only brief thing was I had mentioned like maybe this wasn't a movie meant for American audiences. Yeah, um, true. But I don't think they expected the punishment that they got from American audiences. Yeah, I yeah. think they probably thought like they'll cruise to a hundred million with American audiences. I don't know. I don't know numbers. I'm just making that up. But, yeah. um, and then overseas would do this, you know, crazy business, which is they just didn't do anything in the U.S. And they did decent numbers overseas. So, like, if you look at the gross, the box office mojo, they're over their budget. But in Hollywood accounting, that doesn't necessarily mean they made yeah. money. So, yeah. um, you know, it, I don't know. If you like sci-fi, it holds together a lot better than a lot of other sci-fi. If you, um, it, But as I pointed out in our episode, it's not like – a great cast of people where they all interact in a really wonderful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that really, that's a big point. Like, you know, Scarlett Johansson as, you know, um, as the protagonist there was just not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and obviously you not, not to dismiss all the like problematic <laughs> changing the Japanese protagonist to a white lady. Whitewashing. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that, that we talked about that in our episode. Uh, you know, um, so uh, and many other people have. Um, I'm I'm pushing ahead because there's a bunch of like kids movies well, and horror movies. Well, wait, wait, you, we missed one. That, we missed one that's on my list uh, right right now. Yeah. The uh, sequel to The Ring Ring. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, how, has it even directed? Does, are any of the same people even in it? Let's see. Uh, no, it's just new cast and stuff. So you know, I'm. I, I'm sure it's fine if you're. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure movie. it's fine. I'm sure it'll give me nightmares. So log line. <laughs> Here we go. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. You know what? That I reminds want, me of a quote. I want this podcast needs to be a quote on a movie <laughs> poster. Rings. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Taylor of the Todd and Taylor Show. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? And I mentioned this before in another episode. Please the make DV- this poster. Put it on DVD, the network. <laughs> the DVD for the Kurt Russell movie Captain Ron uh, simply had one quote, and it was like funny exclamation point. And like it was some dude who I'd never heard of <laughs> some newspaper I never knew existed. And I was like, is that all you could find? Just simply funny, like random person. Oh, it's that reminds me of that. <laughs> Which in their review was like. It's a funny story how I ended up seeing this piece of shit movie. <laughs> I actually like that movie. And they just pulled like funny out of it. Dude, Tom Middleston from Silicon Valley had a, had a had a man crush on Kurt Russell and actually met him on the Corbin show. And he first movie he referenced of, of 
being a fan of was Captain Ron. And Kurt Russell just starts laughing like, oh, shit, I made that, didn't I? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. Like that happened. Well, um, what's next? What's next on yours? I wanted to skip ahead of those. Uh, there's a couple cartoons on the list to a movie that you were surely excited about, which is Kingsman. The Golden oh, Circle. yes. Which, now, now, at this point, we have seen three trailers, if you're counting, because there's one that they put out a few weeks ago, which is just like a different scene per frame of this trailer and it's like yep. 30 seconds long or something then the then the studio themselves put out the slow-mo version of that so you could catch all the like <laughs> easter eggs yeah. and references yeah. and then you probably saw this before guardians i did see a full-length trailer for yep. kingsman yep um so what's what i mean how excited are you on this on a scale of nine Dude. to ten I, I I knew that trailer. I'd seen it on YouTube before I went to see Guardians. But oh, okay. the second the green sort of like this preview is coming up thing fades away, and that beginning, like all Colin Farrell has to say is "exit," and it's like dun dun dun. Oh my god! Like, and I mean, within three seconds, I was just I was shaking. I was so excited. I wow. love the original Kingsman so goddamn much yeah. that like this is if if this is in any way disappointing. I, I I believe I'll have the objective objectivity to see that, but God damn it, I'll be it, it may mess with me for a couple of weeks. So. I wish I'd done a tiny bit of homework and figured out in which episodes we have talked about Kingsman before. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a um, lot. Uh, just some tidbits to throw out there, which we won't get into, but you can go look through our back episodes and try to find this. I was in a Kingsman panel at Comic Con like years ago and saw them talk about it, um, and then Taylor, but I never saw the movie even though I was excited about it. And then Taylor really turned me onto this. He's brought up Kingsman a number of times. I, you made me watch it when I was in Denver one time. Yeah. <laughs> the morning I, we, that I was flying out. And so I didn't even get to finish the movie. <laughs> and I got, so I got back to my house and like rented it in order to finish the movie. Nice. So yes. you have definitely been a huge, ex, uh, you know, uh, I almost called you an exponent of this, this movie, no. but you are a great supporter of, of Kingsman, so oh, um, yes. I'm glad you're getting a sequel so soon. Yes, oh, me too, me too. There's um, one, one on my list that I'm excited about, which is which is it's odd that I'm excited about, which is uh, uh, the Valerian movie, and it has a yeah. subtitle that I can't even pronounce. And I think we or not pronounce, but I City of a Thousand Planets, not pronounced, yep. but I didn't even know it. Yep. Um, I think we mentioned this on a previous podcast. I'm interested uh, because it is Luc Besson, the um, French director who did Fifth Element, which is 20 mm. years old right now. Isn't Jeez. that crazy? Um, but also, uh, I I don't. It looks just as zany as the Fifth Element, and I, yeah. it, it's such yeah. a cool vision of a sci-fi movie. Um, and I, when I, you know, when I first saw a picture, a poster, something, I was like, oh, it's going to be like all those other kid sci-fi movies that have come out lately. And I just I don't know what changed my mind, you know, but um, do you know what? I, do you know what I thought when I saw the trailer? I thought, a just like Fifth Element, like it very heavily influenced by Moebius, um, yeah. who actually product, you know, pro- designed on Fifth Element. But it it just had a very nice graphic novel kind of feel to it. Like if you're a fan of like you know really artsy comics and stuff like we are, like I think this this is definitely our our cup of tea. Yeah. Which I know nothing about the story. I never read it or anything. You know, it's based on the books and stuff. I, I, so I, I would be going in completely fresh, which I'm. I would uh, embrace. So, um, next on my list are just those two animated movies. Don't have to say much about it. Despicable Me Three. I didn't realize we were already up to three. And yeah. then Cars Three, which every piece of promotional material I've seen is either a car flipping over, a car bursting into fire, a car crashing into something. 
and that's it. Like no faces or anything. It's just it's been the most bizarre rollout of a movie I've ever seen. I so. never saw any of those. I'm a decent, decently big Pixar fan. I'm a really huge fan of the Pixar movies that I'm a fan of. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, I'm I'm just not. I don't I don't care about the cars. Don't care. Uh, I don't also care about Triple X Three: Return of Xander Cage. Yeah. Um, Another franchise that I believe Vin Diesel walked away from and then returned. Yeah. To. Right. This guy has balls. <laughs> yeah, I think Riddick is the only one he didn't do that with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's I, I, it's the sad part about this movie is every time I see a trailer, I think it's a Fast Eight trailer. So it's right. it's very difficult. It's I just I've never understood the appeal of these movies. It's not like. Vin Diesel's stretching at all. It almost seems like his sort of like begrudging Bruce Willis franchise. He just, he just does to, you know, he's like, I guess. Do you have any other, are there any other big movies on your list or can we speed round through whatever else is left? Let's speed round. I'll just, I'll just, cause I, I have a couple that we've skipped by that are on mine that probably aren't yours. There's one called seven witches. No idea. First fight. (laughs) uh, Oh, fist fight. Which is uh, ice cube and uh, Charlie day. Um, I've seen a couple of trailers on Twitter. <laughs> okay. That's how they're uh, promoting it. One called Baby Driver. So that's an Edgar Wright movie. Oh, well, shoot. I should not miss, uh, dismiss that. Oh, yeah. man. It's got Ansel Elgort, our new Han Solo. Uh, oh, star. that's who that is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Willie James. Oh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, yeah. Kevin Spacey. Well, God dang. Yeah. I should watch this trailer. Four star. Oh, it's five stars on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, it hasn't come out yet. Um, all right. Well, maybe that's, I should keep an eye on that. Maybe. Uh, the space between us. Um, it already came out. That already happened. Uh, Captain Underpants. D gaff. Sleepless. <laughs> Who's in this? Then <laughs> no. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. No. Uh, a wimpy kid. A wimp will rise. <laughs> Is this the sequel to diary of a wimpy kid? Uh, I know. Actually, I, I believe it is this is called wait is there already a diary of a wimpy kid i thought this is what this is i thought this is, uh, who knows oh my god if this is a sequel that's terrible i i did see like a preview for it before the circle i believe oh uh, really they put the, why would really? i think that's where it was i can't because i can't imagine it was before guardians or logan or something they, but it it's a kid's been. movie what what kids are like in circle like yes i really appreciate it and then it's like hey kid sitting there that's such a weird weird yeah. time um, that's everything. And then my thing just ends. So what else do you have on yours? The only thing I have is that, and I'm just not even sure of the news on this is that there is in October, there is slated a quote Cloverfield movie Ooh. to open, uh, October 27th. Um, and yeah, so we know that this weird thing happened with 10 Cloverfield lane where yeah. that movie had a different title and then was retitled almost sort of at the last minute and people went, Oh, holy shit. It's tied into that universe. And so this one, they're kind of going the opposite way. And I guess there's news out there that a Cloverfield movie is coming. We just don't know what it's actually going to be called when it's released. And there's rumor that it may be called the God particle. Um, I'm i I'm sort of excited by the fact that like they're doing with this, what I had hoped they do with stranger things and making it like a little anthology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better way of putting it. I called it the same universe, but I think anthology is a better way to say it. So that, that was really it for me. Um, which one of these, okay. Of all the things on this list, give me your, I guess the one I was, I was going to say three, but let me, let's say one. What's the one thing that you will absolutely not miss first night. If you can help it, like the thing that you're most excited about, like you're planning your, your day around. Well, boy, you made it, you made it really tough for me. 
Uh, Ragnarok is the one that jumped to mind, but Wonder Woman is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I absolutely mm-hmm. know that I will be there for Wonder Woman in whatever the largest format it can possibly be seen in. So. Nice. Good and that, And that's another one that, like, I will see it opening weekend, and then a week later I'm going to see it with my dad. Nice. So um, I've turned him into a huge IMAX 3D fan for yeah. Star Wars movies. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to that. I would say for me, it's going to be uh, no, no, no question. Kingsman, the golden circle. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's some, I mean, I'm definitely into wonder woman too. I can't wait, but like I, my whole week, I will and be so excited. Leading yeah. up. It's hard not to say the last Jedi, but I almost see that as like next year. It's so far off, you know, and it's well, not really that far off now. It's six well, let's be honest. Going to star Wars movies is almost like our national duty. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of like you're, yeah, I'm enjoying doing it, but it almost feels like we, uh, you know, the, the, that's just a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, we will all as a people go and see this and talk about it. So. Yes. Well, we have talked a long time about movies, but I hope Jesus. that satisfies our friend, Brian. Yeah, um, Brian. If we missed anything that you want to talk about, or if you want us to go in depth on any of these, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, how can people find you on Twitter, Taylor? They can find me. I'm at Taylor Trask, T-A-Y-L-O-R-T-R-A-S-K. How about you, sir? I'm at Hey Todd A. Uh, and where can they find this podcast? Well, we are on a number of different places. If you listen to us on iTunes on your podcast app, we're newly on Stitcher across the board, yeah. all our shows. So definitely yeah, if just you're on search Stitcher. for our shows on Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Stitcher on your website. Uh, you can go to the website or you can go on the app. We're also on um, Google Play. We're also on Pocket Casts um, and pretty much any other app outside of that. We'll pull those feeds in. And then if you want to go to SoundCloud, we are soundcloud.com slash their network. And I guess there's one other place, Todd. You can also find us at there.network. That is our domain. Go to that in a browser and find us. As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, uh, Taylor and I also do American Gods Cast, which is a podcast about American Gods. Taylor is a reader of the book and a big fan of Neil Gaiman. Uh, I am new to this whole world. Uh, so it's sort of the reverse of Wednesday in Westeros, where I'm a big reader of the books and, and Taylor's not. Catch us, uh, catch American Gods Cast every week during the season you can find that on all the platforms that taylor mentioned um just search for american gods cast on on all those uh all those apps and uh, locations and we will just see you in the next episode of american gods cast till then bye bye